What's up, guys? I am back with Levi, and we're having a conversation on CrossFit training or general physical preparedness work versus sport-specific training. I think there's a conversation that's often had in the industry where they want to compare these two training systems, and they're really different systems with different end goals in mind. CrossFit obviously being something where we're focused more on generalized adaptation and not focusing on one specific adaptation and then performance-based or targeted training where we really are prioritizing one specific adaptation. So in this episode, Levi and I are going to talk about the, the differences between the programs and who the different systems might be better suited for and really why we do need both um, in the training space, and it just depends on who you are and what you're looking for. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll be back next week. Guys, we are so excited to finally announce our first mentor group that we're going to run through the Elevate Trainer Development Platform. These mentor groups are going to run for two months, and we're only going to take 10 people at a time. Over the course of that two months, we're going to do a weekly one-on-one Zoom call with me. There'll also be a weekly group Zoom call with the entire class where we'll get to talk about different things you guys are working on and strategies for making improvement. There's going to be video coaching feedback where you'll actually video yourself in a coaching session and then we'll give you feedback on the next weekly one-on-one. There'll also be various assignments and workshops that will be specific to what you're working on and where you're at. It's $250 for the two months. We're going to make announcements on our Instagram page and our Facebook page on how to get in contact with us, register for that kind of thing. So if you're interested in that sort of thing or you know somebody that might be, make sure you pay attention to those platforms or let the people who you think might benefit from it know so they can get signed up. Okay, finally back at it. We had some... um, Levi was being an asshole. We had contract negotiations going on, and he was holding out for the past two weeks until we uh, renegotiated his deal. Yeah, I wanted less pay than I already get. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to get less pay. But I think we, uh, you know, I said if I give you uh, two Snickers bars every week instead of the one Snickers bar you were getting, then we'd be good to go. As long as they're the crunchy peanut butter ones. No, then... A- you prefer crunchy peanut butter to a regular Snickers? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's disgusting. Those, the only Snickers that's worth anything anything is a regular Snickers bar. Those, he, those he, are passable in the fun size size when you get them in the Halloween stuff that your kids have. The rest of the time you need the full size crunchy peanut butter ones. No, okay, that's disgusting. But I will say, if you're going to add peanut butter to the mix, the number one candy of all time is a Reese's peanut butter egg you know that they come out with it at a at a easter or, or any other holiday the the shaped Reese's yeah but i for ones. some reason there's something about the easter egg like you know they have the christmas trees they have the like you know, halloween pumpkins but the egg the egg specifically has the best ratio i think size wise portion proportions of chocolate to peanut butter this is critical it's not <laughs> you know just, they do football shaped ones and they're just eggs no 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 no, 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 no. no. It, it, I'm telling you, there's a specific recipe in portions they use on those. That's eggs. just marketing in oh, your head. Yeah, whatever, whatever. That's anyways. The point of this is Levi's back, um, coming in hot with candy takes. Candy takes. So now we can uh, now we can continue these uh, life changing, earth shaking discussions. What do you think? Controversial, if you will. 
<laughs> I got... Did you get messages on that last one? No, I haven't gotten any messages on it. So <laughs> as, I guess I lost all the followers and you kept no, all of them. No, but I'll tell you what. As nervous as I was when we put that thing out, which like I wasn't nervous because we said something we we shouldn't have said. I, I feel like everything in there was, was valid and appropriate and sensitive to the severity of the topic. But I was so afraid to do it and release it you would think that we would have just like immediately put another one out but instead we let it sit there at the top of the queue for two weeks and uh before we record another one and i got so many messages about that um with people in the industry saying that they appreciated um the outlook or us speaking up on it and then people kept saying when are you gonna do another one and i said yeah soon so. Yeah, eventually we'll get to it and here we are when our when our boss gets around to it who's the boss nobody oh okay we have no boss we well, make I mean, the I, rules here i think I that's know. why we get paid so little yeah am i <laughs> let's just say i'm the boss can we do that i don't know about that <laughs> okay. whoever has the highest degree gets to be the boss I, oh, oh, listen okay well you like that one huh yeah i do like that one yeah congratulations thank you you can be the boss thank you um, you're fired. <laughs> who, are, who are you? Do you have someone picked out to replace me? Uh, I'll probably bring in, bring in Brian. Oh, the massage therapist. Yeah, our massage therapist. Hey, I'll tell you what. If I won't I, have to talk very much because he also will talk the entire show too. Carry the show. Two as in I talk too much? Yeah. Well, I'm the host, so I'm supposed to. It's expected. The people want it. Um, you know, I don't it, think the people have gotten a vote. Yeah, well, who asked them what they want? Um, I'll tell you this: if we were if we were gonna get a sponsor, like if I could pick one sponsor for us to have, I've been drinking this Fairlife milk like it's keeping me alive. Like they should pay me for saying this right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and even if they sent me like a crate a month of it, I would be happy. I don't even need money. It it's so good. It, it, you remember when you were a kid and you like loved chocolate milk, and it wouldn't even be real chocolate milk. It'd be like milk, and you pour like the Hershey's in it or something and and swish it together. Then you grow up, and I like didn't really like chocolate milk that much anymore. But this Fairlife milk has reignited <laughs> my love for flavored milk beverages. Do you know that? Yeah, and you're drinking strawberry today, which it, is disgusting. Well, it, uh, it, it is disgusting um, compared to the chocolate milk. But this has 23 grams of protein in it, and it's the only one the store had. They didn't have chocolate. Yeah. If I could pick a sponsor, I would want to be like the... Uh, the Ninja Warrior guy from Idaho that's sponsored by the Beef Council. What? Yeah. What do you mean? He's sponsored by the United States like Big Council beef? of Beef. Yeah. USDA Beef. Yeah. Uh, beef. It's what's for cattlemen. dinner. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know if I'm. If I like cattlemen. I like the people that raise beef, but I don't know if I like industrial. Yeah, I don't know that beef. I want industrial but, beef, but yeah. I want people to send me free meat. Yeah. Well. I got some. <coughs> uh, I'll leave that joke for another time. Yeah, let, let's get. This is a family show, if right? People want to send me free meat. Go for it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, you hear that, people? Uh, Fair life. Watch you on on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will you accept that meat through your DMs on Instagram? Um, so he wants meat. I want uh, flavored milk products from Fairlife. Um, so you guys go ahead if you got connections with those companies. Um, obviously. Yeah, we're looking for that. Beet, yeah, meat and dairy products. That's right. See, this is definitely a strength conditioning podcast <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, subject matter of the day. Well, this is the attempted subject matter of the day. Who knows which where it'll go? Um, but we're going to talk about 
um, obviously as myself as a CrossFit trainer, strength and conditioning coach in general, but I specifically work with a lot of CrossFit athletes um, as well as the sport-specific athletes. Those of you who have listened to this for a while, you know now that's the pilot community. Um, we're going to talk about CrossFit training versus specific or targeted training or performance-based training, what the differences are and why there's this, I mean, this tremendous contention between, uh, really it's professional organizations that are trying to make money that are all kind of doing the same thing in the same world, but maybe have different goals. And I don't think it's so much CrossFit um, talking or hating on performance-based training, but it, it seems to be performance-based coaches who have very little, if any, experience with CrossFit in a formal setting, hating on CrossFit, basically assigning some other sort of task to CrossFit training like, oh, they're trying to do the same thing as us, but they don't do it as well, when um, I don't think they understand really what CrossFit's doing at all. Uh, So what I thought we would do is talk about where you're coming from is more of a sport-specific or targeted or performance-based training background. I would say you're first real exposure to CrossFit has been working with me. Um, So we'll talk maybe about the differences, what both really are, and is there room for both of them, which I think the answer is, of course, yes. And and how... CrossFit would say that. (laughs) And how the training space looks uh, moving forward and maybe how to pick the best one for you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, let's go take it from there. Yeah, I think um, there's, there's definitely space in the industry for both. I think to play devil's advocate for specific strengthening side of things. Um, I think where CrossFit gets heat from them a lot is people who are really into CrossFit, maybe not even coaches, saying like, oh, CrossFit is just as good at whatever for making a specific athlete or being at a certain performance level for a specific skill or sport. And I think that that claim certainly needs to be under a microscope because non-CrossFit strength and conditioning style training has been around for so long, most of which is obviously based on Olympic weightlifting, like gym exercise-wise. And so taking a modality like CrossFit, which is just strength and conditioning planned out differently, and saying that it's as effective at creating a certain adaptation as targeted skill work or maybe not skill work targeted adaptation work is um it's a lofty claim yeah well and and, um to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate right uh I, i would say you wouldn't catch a lot of high level like the people that i work with on seminar staff who are crossfit level three crossfit level four coaches they they would never make that claim because our, the the claim specifically that oh um, if you wanted your if you wanted to maximize output on your back squat and that was your main goal then CrossFit is the way like that's just asinine um, I would never say that we literally th- this is the other part that kind of you know irks me we literally say that exact thing in our level one seminars so when you go to a CrossFit seminar within the first hour of the seminar. We literally discredit all of the things that people say 
um, that don't adhere to our methodology or the way we go about doing things and the why, uh, you know, as it pertains to the way we go about things. And people, you can see they're kind of like, oh, huh, you know, I d- didn't know that or didn't think of that. And, and, it, and that's all within the first hour. We literally say, if you want to be a world record, record back squatter, CrossFit's not the way. If you want to have a world that's record. Right. PEDs are the way. PEDs are the way. If you want to have a world record marathon time, uh, CrossFit is the way. <laughs> CrossFit is not the way. I mean, like I said, we say this within the first hour. So it's maybe people who, you know, listen. I obviously, like, I love CrossFitters, but they get so passionate about what they do. They are like, oh, this is the best thing for everything. Like, no. If you have a very specific, deliberate goal, performance training is going to be, you know, targeted. Performance based training is going to be what you need to do. So uh, all, all I want to say about what you just said is CrossFit doesn't even make that specific claim. Maybe people who are sort of familiar with the program but not educated within the system might do that, but CrossFit does not. You know. Yeah, so, I, and ahead. I think that is the case. That's It's people that are either not educated, like you said, in the system, have not gone to courses, or maybe they went to courses and they didn't listen great. Yeah. Which that would never no happen. No one's ever, no one's ever not paid attention to something they're paid to do. I think my entire ma- my entire master's degree, <laughs> as well as your bachelor's degree. Hey, well, definitely my bachelor's <laughs> definitely that one. So yeah, I don't think it's a, a systemic problem as much as the rest of strength and conditioning would like to think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so specific um, adaptation and training is obviously very different than CrossFit. Yeah, let's so talk about how it's different. Like go go ahead and you you from your perspective explain what targeted or performance based training is and the population that you think that is best served. So, we'll start with population cuz population is the easiest thing to talk about. It's for whoever is going after a certain trait, a very specific skill or trait. And so for strength athletes, like powerlifters and Olympic weightlifters, <coughs> thanks for that noise, Jeremy. Sorry. Um, it's going to be, obviously, strength and power. You might have some hypertrophy as well, so muscle growth. But the primary outcomes that you're looking for out of training are power and strength. If you're not training for those things, then you're likely decreasing in those things. Um, if you are someone that's a baseball player, then you're going to be looking at running speed, hitting power, uh, overall strength. There's more components to it. Same for any other more complicated sport. Um, a more specific sport, again, would be like swimming, uh, which I know pretty well. You're going to be looking primarily at speed and agility for, you know, feet and arms uh, and making sure that everything is coordinated well together and so you're going to spend for swimming you're going to spend a lot of your time training in the pool you might do some uh, out of the water training where you're lifting weights or doing body weight exercises or ab work or whatever but most of it is going to be spent in the condition with which your goal is or what your what your target activity is so football players need to play football. Baseball players need to play baseball. Swimmers need to swim. 
jujitsu athletes need to do jujitsu. And same goes for all other sports skills, attributes. You have to spend time doing the thing, and your training should probably look very much like that. Yeah, and, and, and within those sports, within those sports, there are kind of like you said earlier, specific uh, performance outputs that need to be developed so that they can play that sport at a high level, right? So when you're going through training, you are trying to um, develop adaptation that leads to an increased performance in whatever that goal is. Um, it so the sports you just talked about are kind of mixed mixed modal. I, I think lots of ball sports are like that. They have a lot of different qualities. Let let's make it really simple for um, people who are maybe you know wanting to think about this in a way that's really easy to kind of comprehend the differences, which would be. Okay, um, a power lifter or an endurance athlete, right? Obviously, if an endurance athlete spent a lot of time, especially leading up to the competitive season or around their their races specifically, lifting a bunch of weights, trying to gain power and uh, strength and building muscle, that would essentially be maybe counterproductive. I will say maybe to a certain extent, uh, counterproductive to those performance goals. If a competitive power lifter did a whole bunch of endurance work, that would be counterproductive to their performance goals. Yeah, similarly, you know, within a certain tolerance, like you don't want to yeah. not totally do anything. Right. In, same in, way a runner doesn't want to not totally do any strength work. Exactly. And, and, and that'll, we'll speak to that in terms of the time of the year, time of the season. Um, so we'll kind of touch back on that. So don't don't let me forget that. Um, but there are very specific adaptations, and so when you're doing a performance based program, even if you are a, a ball sport athlete, like a football player, let's say you are, you know, a slot receiver. So you, you do need power and speed, and they do need conditioning because they're going to go play after play after play after play. Um, they need some durability, right? There's lots of they need agility. Um, this idea of block periodization um, would be some sort of uh, program implementation where you're going to work on developing one, maybe two of these aspects of athleticism and then try to maintain that while you focus or prioritize another. And then when you get to the season, you're kind of in this holding pattern because mostly what you're doing is playing the sport and what you will have hoped to do is build up these specific adaptations that are very relevant to their sport. Right? So it's all very targeted. You, you kind of work backwards. What are the specific demands of the athletes or maybe the deficiency of that athlete within that sport? And then, okay, now let me work backwards and figure out how I'm going to develop that specific adaptation so it's ready come game time. Right, that that's specific t- training or targeted training or performance training. Yep, and so I'd be interested to hear what your take is on specific training for a CrossFit athlete. Yeah, um, someone well, someone that competes in the sport of CrossFit, not just pushes themselves during CrossFit workouts, because I think that's a very <coughs> different thing, and so their training needs to be very different yeah. as well. So for sure, um, and and let me. So I'm not ignoring it. Let me come back to it because first I want to talk about CrossFit as a program, as a system, and what it's designed to do. Um, 
as it compares to performance-based training, and then we'll get into like maybe CrossFit as an athlete, uh, training a CrossFit athlete, and, and, and how you would train a sports-specific athlete and how they might differ. Because just to address that real quick, I, I don't think I don't think the CrossFit athlete, and when I say the CrossFit athlete, I I do mean um, an athlete at you know the top five percent within the sport who are going to the CrossFit Games or they're going to a semifinal with aspirations of going to the CrossFit Games, like top 1%, 5%, they are more like a uh, ball sport athlete where you're going to look to build in these adaptations and maintain as you go. It's going to follow more of like a block periodization than CrossFit, the exercise program, the lifestyle prescription, if that makes sense. So we'll kind of come back to that. But we out we laid out the differences or we laid out the specific key aspects of performance based program it is targeted specific adaptation right where specialization is at the forefront of it what is my key adaptation that i am after that i'm going to develop that is maybe more important than all of the others strength is always strength it's always strength when it comes to CrossFit as a program, we refer to it as a GPP program. And the reason I say GPP program is CrossFit is just a licensed trademark uh, approach to a GPP method. So when, when people say... For non-CrossFitters, GPP is general physical, physical preparedness. Yes, yeah, general physical preparedness. So there's lots of ways you go about doing that. But... CrossFit is way more than just – CrossFit isn't put together workouts that don't have a specialization. CrossFit is it, – it, it's not the combination of deadlifts and sprints. CrossFit is everything we teach at the level one. It is the application of all of this, the theory behind it, the framing, like the level one content, the level one training guide is the framing of the house, you know, maybe even more that maybe it's the foundation of the house. Okay. And the why and the science behind the approach is what makes CrossFit. It isn't the workouts. Anybody can write a workout that smashes somebody, but the knowing of the why and the how it all works is what CrossFit is. So with that being said, a GPP program or a CrossFit program that adheres to our methodology is going to have somebody go about exercise or training in a way that doesn't bias any specific adaptation, knowing from the start they will never maximize completely one specific end of the spectrum. And by spectrum, I mean... If we had a spectrum of adaptation is and on one side was maximal strength. The the maximum strength that you are physiologically capable of, you know, and whatever the parameters are on that, you know, and that continuum goes all the way over to your highest, you know, aerobic output physiologically possible, whatever the you know biological parameters are on that, and then everything in between. You know, we know we will never live at the complete maximum on either of those because 
to maximize one, there will be deficiencies in the other. So, for example, if a world record deadlift is a thousand pounds and a world record marathon is under two hours, right? We would rather have the person who, I mean, think about this from general population. Okay, I may not have a person who can deadlift by doing a CrossFit program a thousand pounds, but if they could run a a mile in under five minutes and at the same time squat 500 pounds that's a pretty capable human and so what we try to do is develop to a certain extent all areas of athleticism and even in CrossFit there's so many models for this like we've identified 10 areas that we'd like to see adaptation cardiorespiratory endurance stamina strength flexibility power coordination accuracy agility balance we 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 flexibility we want to see people have adaptation in all of those areas and when we think about the application of this well let's just look at people who work a physical job where the expression of these adaptations and not one is more important than the other you know they have to do this on a daily basis firefighters law enforcement, people who are, are, are ground forces, military, special operators. Uh, you can keep going on this. There's just a baseline level of human capacity. Uh, it kind of goes back to the talk we said, we had earlier when we, or well, I guess this is the one I do without you, but we were talking about fitness. You know, mm-hmm. CrossFit looks to develop this wholesale <clears throat> approach to fitness. A performance-based program, I, I said those 10 general physical, physiological adaptations, right? Uh, cardiorespiratory endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, accuracy, agility, balance. There's 10. A CrossFit, pro- okay, simple as this. A CrossFit program looks to have overall development of all 10 of those without one being developed so much that there's a deficiency in others. A performance-based program will look to develop one, maybe two, to a high degree, knowing the others will fall off. I, I think that is the clearest way to say it. Yeah. So I think what I'm interested in hearing your perspective on, because I, I mean, obviously I, I've worked with you enough to know those things about CrossFit as well. Um but what would you say is the difference between doing kind of generalized CrossFit for the average person mm-hmm. versus just kind of a general strength and conditioning plan? So something where someone comes in and they hit some strength and hypertrophy work, maybe they hit some squats, they do some legs, or they hit some backs and, back and arms kind mm-hmm. of stuff, and then they also do some running some days, they do some sprints some other sure. days, First uh, off, I already like I think that's a that sounds like a great program. Like if somebody was doing all that, you're, so what are you saying? Like what? What's the yeah, difference? What's, what's the difference between the two? What would you say? Is there a benefit of doing one versus the other? Mm-hmm. Um, and why would you lean one way for someone and not the other way? Yeah. Well, you know this as well as I do. The first thing I, I think about when it comes to a program is like I have the I have things I think are important in a program that I think are important as 
what some would call a strength and, dish and conditioning uh, professional or a expert. So personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a personal trainer. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Physical therapist shares PT with personal trainer. There you go. That's right. That's right. Um, it. You, you know this as well as I do. The first thing I consider is what's going to keep them coming back. You know, what's going to have the highest level of adherence for that athlete. So let's, there's that. Okay. So with that being said, I think, so we're talking about a person who wants to just be generally fit in, in all areas. Yeah. Just general, generalized fitness. So are we agreeing? Health on the, and well-being. Okay. Health and wellness. So are we, are we going to agree then? That the 10 general physical skills or the 10 general physiological adaptations are the 10 physiological th adaptations that there are to develop. Is that, are we going to agree on that? I think that's fine without you know getting into some weeds about things. I think the only thing that's really in there that I probably wouldn't put in there for health and wellness mm -hmm. kind of things is accuracy. Why? Because there's the vast majority of the population doesn't have a significant need for accuracy in anything. Until they do. And I would say Until in, in daily routine life, there's very little need for accuracy in anything. Um, I think accuracy... Unless you're a nurse that's throwing that needle across the room. Yeah. Look, uh, let, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's fight on this. You want to fight? Sure. Let's okay. get into it. Okay. Well, first off, coordination and accuracy okay. are two... Coordination uh, is very different than accuracy. Well, I, 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 I think they are linked... I don't. I don't think they are. I think they are different, which is why they are different physiological adaptations right. listed here. But when we talk about coordination, we talk about accuracy. Let's talk about skills that. Um, let's refer to them as skills or adaptations. I mean, we could really call them either uh, skills or adaptations that deteriorate as they go unused and as one ages. Yep. And as somebody ages, coordination and accuracy can become a risk factor. And I would be interested to see data on this as one ages and can look to maintain coordination or accuracy. I mean, we do this with seniors all the time, just simple balance work and coordination work and accuracy work. Um, and by accuracy, I don't necessarily mean throwing a basketball into a hoop. Mm -hmm. I just mean being able to coordinate or, you know, sync up or process movement in a accurate manner so that they can accomplish a desired task which as we say will that that skill will deteriorate if it goes unused as someone ages okay so i would say from my perspective that is not accuracy to me i would say that is neuromuscular control and so that's okay that's but, a matter of how your brain and your body interact. A hundred percent. And which, which there's is an element to that. Very in the similar to coordination. Sure. But I think coordination has. Um, or rather coordination is a, a component of neuromuscular control. A hundred percent. So when we, uh, I, I literally could not agree more with you. So the, in fact, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, attend your nearest uh, CrossFit Level 1 seminar. And we'll talk about all this in detail. Um, but at the CrossFit Level 1, these specific adaptations, coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance, these four adaptations are linked together as what we call neurological adaptations 
that result in more efficient and more effective neuromuscular patterning. Brain, body, brain, muscle, communication towards a desired outcome expressed through physical movement. Right? So they're not completely isolated. They are related. Right. They're all very related. Absolutely. And they're all... Do you know the brain structure that's primarily responsible for those coordinations? Listen, 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 listen. Let's not get too into the weeds here. I mean, of course. Big old chunk on the back of your head? Yes, the medulla oblongata. No, that's why the alligator's so ornery. So I got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Such a good movie. I just saw it a couple weeks ago. Waterboy, if you're unfamiliar, Waterboy. It's your cerebellum. Cerebellum. What you're talking about is the medulla oblongata. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so the the point is though, right, that these these adaptations are part of f- physical expression of movement. And if they go, if you're an athlete, right, if you are a baseball player, if you are a football player, if you're a basketball player, if you're a hockey player, if you're a tennis player, if you're a pickleball player, like keep going, keep going. I don't care if you do fencing. I don't care if you do jujitsu. It does not matter. Coordination, accuracy, agility, balance, like they are aspects of athletic performance. And so therefore. What getting back to the core question is what's the difference? I in CrossFit we choose to build the program. Right? There's all kinds of uh, uh, explanation that goes into why we um, pursue fitness the way we do. And I talked about it a few episodes back, and uh, when I talked about the fitness in the fitness episode where I talked about the models of fitness. But if we talk about exercise selection, what would be different about my prescription in a CrossFit program versus somebody doing you know, back and buys and lateral raises and bicep curls and does some sprints? Like, I think that's great. It's better than nothing. Um, and, and if they like it and they enjoy it, awesome. I think the thing that would look maybe the most different is movement or exercise selection for me. I'm going to pick more, and this is a buzzword. We can't, we, we'll go off on this tangent another day. You know this, right? We'll, we'll, we'll have a whole episode based on this, but I will have functional movements. And I put functional in these air quotes because functional is not just some bullshit word that you say to make your movement sound better. Functional has a specific meaning. You're right. It's what you put in your PT documentation <laughs> to make sure they pay you extra money. <laughs> pay you extra money. Well, so, and not you extra money, but your clinic extra money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that you will never see. That you will never see. Um, yeah, I, I mean something very specific when I say functional. So exercise selection might look a little bit different. But I think um, at its base, somebody who maybe isn't doing CrossFit but wanted to get um, similar adaptation, they would they would do endurance work. They would do strength work. And they would also not do that work in isolation of each other. They would have, within a similar workout, competing demands. Like, you can lift heavy stuff and you can run until you're out of breath, but can you lift heavy stuff when you're out of breath? You know, so That's strongman. <laughs> so it would, be, it, it, would, it, would, it would need something like that. That's how it might look a little bit different to me. You know, uh, combining some of those adaptations because really the world is just the expression of whatever fitness you've built. You know, if somebody said to you, oh, I exercise, I'm fit, but like they can't help somebody move up three flights of stairs, a big piece of furniture without, you know, without like if they run all the time and you're like, oh man, that person's really fit. But let's just say there was a big like old school box TV and it's, it's small enough that you could get your arms around it but it's kind of heavy and let's say that person couldn't carry that tv up the stairs are they fit 
Well, let's say that yeah, it, they're fit for whatever they're they're trying to do usually. But that's yes, that's, that's performance. That's, uh, that's not fitness. That is performance. <laughs> like I can run. Far. That's really where the definition between fitness comes into play. Yeah. Is like what what your definition is, and I know you you did the the podcast on what fitness is which of course you listen to many times uh, definitely yeah. 100% listen yeah. to that because listen to all of these i listen to them on repeat yeah i put them at like that's how we get our 50% play speed that's so how we that get I our views really, up we get our, our yeah, views up yeah um no for sure but but cuz that that is an interesting disclaimer right we can't have a definition we can't have a conversation really on fitness unless we were to agree on what fitness what is. fitness is and and that's sometimes where crossfit gets into a little bit of a uh, uh, of an argument with people is they want to say and i've had this talk with people before and i mentioned it in the fitness discussion like i think most people describe fitness as like well you're fit if you have the ability to do if you're fit to do the things that are required of your life and i say oh okay well if my life is doritos seven up uh and video games and i can sit around and do that just fine so therefore i'm fit like that's asinine and and, and so it falls apart so what we have to say what we have to what we have to come up with is an objective definition of fitness and again i said this in the fitness podcast like i'm not knocking on somebody who has a thousand pound deadlifts like it's amazing like that's a lot of work that's a lot of effort i don't think they're fit they don't have a high level of fitness they're super strong Uh, a two-hour marathon is psychotic like they run every mile of the marathon faster than i can run one fresh it's amazing but it's not fit yeah i think the the different the definition is definitely where it's most important is how you define fitness and crossfit has a very specific way that they define fitness Mm -hmm. which i think is really useful and unique because um, no one else has and it. unique in a matter of training and like how you go about training um i think especially for general population i think is is really useful um i think then you have to look at like you said fitness for a task like i've got a book that i bought like 15 plus years ago that's called fit to fight mm-hmm. and it's a it's a basically a book about training for mma mm-hmm. or for boxing and so like just that title alone like fit to fight so there's a very specific type of training like you might not take that same definition of fitness and uh, or i guess you could take the same definition and apply it to that population someone who's preparing for a boxing match or an MMA match and you know, likely they're pretty fit on that CrossFit definition of fitness as well mm-hmm. but they might be lacking in regards to fitness for that sport does that make sense so yeah i think def- well definition th- of fitness also does have to be task dependent yeah well i i think uh i'm with you on some of that because i think the more mixed modal and less um one 
piece of the 10 general physical skills a sport is, the more benefit there is to being uh, a generalist. That is removed from the sport-specific demand. Like, you can be as... You could take Rich uh, Rich Froning, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rich Froning is uh, the uh, fittest man on the planet. Not Lo- anymore, he's n- not. No, d- don't get me started on this. Rich <laughs> Froning, okay? Uh, should, however, should we get into the discussion that for, made you mad at me that one day? I will not. For, no, we will No, we will not. <laughs> uh, four times individual, like five times team. Anyways, the point is, super fit. Let's just say that. Super fit. If you put him in an MMA... Uh, fight, I don't care how fit he is, he's going to get his ass kicked because he doesn't have the skills. This is where I'm talking about. He will be just as physically prepared as anybody he were to fight if they were be in his weight class, right? Let's say his same weight class. He would have just as much cardio and just as much strength, probably more so than the other guy, but the other guy knows how to do the sport. So you, again, you still have to have the sport-specific considerations of that sport, which I think are uh, removed from the fitness side of things. This is where performance comes in. Because even if you were to develop a really fit organism, you still need to develop the skills necessary to play the game. Yeah, I think so. Maybe like MMA or boxing is a bad example because I think in general they are very GPP heavy. Sure. Like it's very... They still know how to fight. They still know how to fight. Let's say that he was going to do something. Who's he, Rich? Yeah. Okay. Something less skill dependent, but more physical dependent. Okay. Right now he's doing, like, he's a mountain biker. Okay. Like, he's doing the the Leadville 100 or something like that, like some crazy mountain bike race. That's just a capacity. I mean, yes, you have to know how to ride the bike, but it's an engine thing. But so... Because, and this is also going back to our discussion a little bit on the difference between a CrossFit athlete and someone who does CrossFit. Yep. He's obviously spent a lot of time being specific in targeting certain adaptations. Layering on, you know, yes, adaptation. So not just doing CrossFit HQ main site no, no, plans. no, you're right. And I, I agree. mean, obviously, he could probably crush those. Yeah, but that's not the bulk of his training. It's not the bulk of his training. But uh, again, we're still. I don't want to conflate the idea of there, like CrossFit athlete versus CrossFit the training program. Two different things. Like, yeah. Cro- okay. Oh, okay. Here, hold on. But so take take him. Like oh. he's he's very physically fit. Yeah. Very. He's got a great base. Yeah. He's got great body. I don't know. I'm not into dudes, so I wouldn't know. Uh, nothing you, against no, yeah. nothing against people that are, but not my the whole Seinfeld episode. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'll get massages from guys, you know, but uh, yeah, but I'm not. We believe you. actively you're, pursuing. Yeah, you're, you're, you're very hetero. <laughs> very hetero. Okay, you're good. Um, but yeah. So yeah, look at mountain biking. So he has spent, I'm sure, a lot of time specifically adapting to riding the mountain bike yeah yeah but i will but here here's the main prior to that training even though he was the fittest man in the world Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that he was fit for that race but but we're just we're just the term fitness is being used to assess somebody's competency within a specific 
task, which I, I, I don't think is what the term Again, these are words that people yeah, have made it's, up. It's semantics. It's semantics, but like so. So when when I'm saying fitness, I'm saying general physical readiness or ability. And of course, if you listen to that podcast before, you've had any training within the CrossFit system, we know fitness is defined as your work capacity. Uh, you know, what work capacity? I mean, your average ability to produce power across a wide variety of modal and time-dependent tasks, okay? So work capacity across broad time and modal domains. With that being said... So, so I think a good... Maybe hold hold on, wait, wait, stay with the mountain bike thing for two seconds. Okay. Two seconds. I know I, I talk a lot. Two seconds. Rich Froning, his fitness has made it so he can get on a mountain bike and go do the Leadville 100, yeah, that's that's exactly where I was going to go. Right, with he can it. go. He can go do it and, and finish probably better than, than than half the people there. Yeah, he won't win it, and he knows it. But the next weekend, he could go do a triathlon, and the next weekend, he could go do an Olympic weightlifting meet, yeah. and the next weekend, he could do a powerlifting meet, and he will probably finish within the top eighty. You know, the the, the top twenty percent of, of finishers of all those things he does, and and that gives him. Right, that gives him the quality of life and the physical ability that lets him live his life and do all the things he wants to do. Versus, if he were to be on a performance-based training program, he would train to win the mountain bike race, and he would not be able to physically be competitive in any of those other things. Yeah, I think so. What I was going to say is fitness, and I think especially the way CrossFit looks at it would be it's. If you have a high fitness level, mm-hmm. then you could enter into sports-specific training mm-hmm. at a much higher capacity sure. yeah. than if you were doing specific targeted mm-hmm. training and then, like you said, wanted to switch disciplines. Mm-hmm. And so, and we see that all the time. Right. Crossfitters who transition into powerlifting or into weightlifting or into endurance, and their base is so high, they start out – well ahead of people with, without the base. Right, and they have probably a more generalized exposure to more things mm-hmm. than your average trainee. And so I would say, like, back to what I was talking about earlier about what's the difference between CrossFit and just coming in and doing kind of general strength yeah. and conditioning is because of that variability in the CrossFit training plan you're probably going to have more exposure to more things. Mm-hmm. 100%. And so if you decide to jump into something else that is more targeted, more specific, that transition will probably be easier. Sure. Like, just myself as an example, I do not do CrossFit. I have tried it plenty of times. I just don't care for the the way the workouts are put together, the intensity. The tiredness. Yeah. The fatigue. <laughs> I very much prefer <laughs> focusing on a specific task at a time, which I know limits my ability to perform others. And so for a long time, I've focused on strength adaptation mm-hmm. or hypertrophy or whatever. Typical powerlifting emphasis. And so I've recently switched to doing more running. I just did a 5K. I'm going to plan on doing a 10K. Uh, with the goal of doing a marathon next year. And so getting into 5K shape 
is basically like I've never run again, like mm-hmm. never run before, even mm-hmm. though I've done plenty of running in the past mm-hmm. because it's not been my emphasis for so long. You know, even though I've done some cardiovascular exercise, it's not been my emphasis. And so my capacity for it is pretty low. Yeah. So switching switching tasks is very challenging when you don't have that kind of broad spectrum approach. And And, and I will be very clear to say this. It's like, the, the idea of training multiple adaptations at one time, like concurrent training is a thing too, right? So there's people who argue it. There's people, there's plenty of research on concurrent training. That and, was, it's, and it's, they continue to find research that indicates that it's not necessarily detrimental. Like you can right, do exactly. running and you can do powerlifting and then not be conflicting. I would say probably the biggest conflicting issue is time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, and recovery. And like, what is your, what, it, what, what are you doing outside of the gym to help facilitate recovery? Um, but with that being said, the idea, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with anybody who wants to do anything. It's just, if we're and anybody doing something, it's like awesome, right? Great. The point is, is like, Hey, let's identify first off. If, if people are going to talk shit about what CrossFit training is, it's like, I would I would ask that you know exactly what it is before you start talking shit because it's mostly people who don't know what it is. It's very easy to identify performance based training. The you know the the main difference is if you look at people who compete at the CrossFit Games or even okay myself uh, that we did the open workout the past this past weekend. Like I can't tell you the last time I did a heavy thruster. I mean, I haven't done a heavy thruster. It's because prob- thrusters are stupid. <laughs> since 2018 when I was in my motorcycle accident and the entire left side of my body was surgically repaired to the point where I have metal rods in my arm, in my leg, like major, major surgery. And just with doing the type of training I do now, I was able to do a 230-pound thruster, which, again, I haven't done in years. I just... I do training that kind of crosses over. It's just this general readiness, this general ability to be like, okay, here's the task. I'll kind of figure it out. My body will figure it out. I will never be a world record squatter or marathoner, but I feel pretty confident. Not with that attitude. (laughs) Also, let's go back to that a little bit. So I don't think thrusters are a bad movement. I just don't like them. Yeah. But everybody should go to Jeremy's Instagram page oh, and watch no. that thruster. Oh, the video is not up there anymore. The oh, pic- no, the picture is cool. up. It looks great. The picture of the end position or the process of getting there? The end position. Oh, put the video back up there. No, but I, it's got a great filter on it. My abs look good. Everything looks great up there. It was it was a fun video to watch. <laughs> it was a good rep. It lets, I moving on. I didn't say that it was a no rep. <laughs> it was just fun to watch. Yeah, it, was, it turned into a backward C. Um <laughs> So the point is, like, you'll never maximize the one thing, but you will develop to a certain degree. Uh, oh, oh, so where? Wait, where? Where I was going with the thruster thing was when we went to Beyond the Whiteboard. Like the statistics for everyone who logged their workout and Beyond the Whiteboard in the world, like that had got me a 90th percentile of of people who did that workout and lifted that much weight. With just doing that. So the, and what took me to that is the people who lift at the CrossFit Games, like weights, clean as jerk and snatch, they would be competitive on a – they're not going to win the Olympics, 
but they would be competitive on a national level at the sport of weightlifting. Yeah. There are many CrossFitters who – like I don't know a lot of people walking around who have over 500-pound squats, but I know a lot of CrossFitters who do. And I know a lot of CrossFitters who squat 500 pounds who also have a five-minute or less mile. And I don't know a lot of people who don't do CrossFit who have a five-minute or less mile who also have that kind of squat weight. Let's talk about a hole in CrossFit training program real quick. Wait, but can you agree? Do you get what I'm saying? Though? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like what other program? Like people say like, oh, you're never going to squat that much. Who says 500 pounds is not that much? Yeah, it's who, a good. It's a big deal for a, for a, for a person who isn't a professional powerlifter. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a shitload of weight, and that's a really fast runtime for somebody who isn't a professional or high level track athlete. Like the fact that we are developing these kind of adaptations on both sides of the spectrum, pe- people thought w- once thought that was not possible to even get that far at either end. So that, that's why I'm saying like the possibilities from a general program are a lot more than we thought they were. But I agree, they will never be at the highest end of either spectrum. You need biased or performance-based or targeted training for that. So let's get back to the whole in CrossFit's training program. I can't wait, yes. CrossFit has a lack of horizontal pressing strength. Bench? Bench press. Yeah. Dumbbell bench press. They do a ton of push-ups. Yeah. Tons of push-ups. Don't translate to strong horizontal pressing. No, uh, and, and that's I, I think that the reason why it's so I think the bench press is a great exercise. I think the reason why it maybe isn't in the program is we do that vertical press series with the press, the push press, and the push jerk. Um, obviously, there's other presses that that are viable pressing patterns, but yeah, horizontal pressing I think maybe because the use of the bench and not because of the freestanding locked in midline press overhead um i think it started to come up more and more and more but i think if there were to be a deficiency it would be in well i I, honestly i think it's more of a problem with the men than the women because if you see a lot of like high level women like female crossfitters they bench pretty damn good compared to females who don't do crossfit but males especially you know i would say looking at at the females like they probably bench press Better on average, being they being CrossFit women, hmm. bench press. That's better probably on because average. women don't bench press on average, anyways. <laughs> so then a non-CrossFit athlete, and then the distinction is between a power lifter and the CrossFit athlete. Let's let me ask this question of you: of those, like, let's say there was CrossFit athletes who performed what you're saying relatively poorly in the bench press compared to uh, maybe average male bench press numbers. Let's take those same average numbers for the guys who bench press well and see what they can deadlift or squat and see what happens then. So let's average in total strength <laughs> for the three big lifts, squat, bench, deadlift, and let's see what happens there. Yeah. I think, I think you'd probably get a whole bunch of people that can bench press okay, deadlift pretty well, and really, really poor squats. Oh, gosh, yeah. On average. But that's a uh, that's a – people that don't train legs issue so and i take personal offense when somebody literally when somebody bench presses more than they squat and they aren't a bench press specialist power lifter who gets paid to bench press what if their torso is like I'd stop. two feet no. deep two, oh god <laughs> i don't care i don't care it's, it, it's, with, it's without arching their back they've got like a four inch range of motion it's an abomination to bench press more than you squat if you are just a general athlete. 
It's an abomination, you hear me? I'll clarify. I don't bench press more than I squat, Thank but you. I can hit more volume on bench press <laughs> at the same weights. Well, it doesn't hurt the same. It's not as much work. <laughs> it's just not even the same thing. Okay, so wrap, put, okay, putting a bow on this thing. I think when we say there's room for both, to me it sounds silly because they're essentially two different things. Performance-based training is when you target a very specific adaptation and you are trying to maximize your capacity in that area at the expense of all the others and and you're knowingly doing that and it's fine like if that's what your goal is and you need to know that's what it's doing right but that's what's happening and a crossfit program at its core is not biasing any adaptation and seeking balance across all 10 adaptations and you're doing it in a way that you're not overtraining or undertraining any of them, and you're continuing to push up over time so that everything is rising up, not just one of them, not just two of them. And um, I think it's a viable question about um, how okay, how does that look different for a CrossFit athlete? I think we might we we should go into a, a separate episode with that. Um, and it, you know, we can either do it together um, and, and talk about different approaches. I've obviously done it before, worked with CrossFit athletes before who have pursuits of the games. Um, but I think it it really deserves its its own conversation because there's a lot to go into. But it looks a lot more like sports specific training and and a block periodization type approach. Um, it is not following CrossFit.com. CrossFit.com is for the everyday person who wants to go Don't out. Point to me when you say that. <laughs> CrossFit.com is for the everyday person who wants to go out and be able to physically perform most tasks. That would hey, you want to run the turkey trot with me? Yeah, sure. Hey, you want to do this powerlifting competition? Yeah, sure. Hey, can you help me move this couch up four flights of stairs to my new apartment? Yeah, sure. Hey, can, right? Any of these things. Hey, can you chase down this bad guy? Hey, can you go get over this hill before this guy blows you up? Like it, it it's best for people who really want to be able to be like a Swiss Army knife and really try to do it all. Um, does that mean everybody applies that practice the right way? No. Does that mean everyone's eating the way that facilitates the development of their body in a way that is optimized for all this? No. Whole another discussion. Now yeah, I'm gonna I'm, don't give me there's so many extra things to throw in there yeah but they both exist like there there's room for both because they're two different things and it's silly for one to act like we're both trying to essentially do the same thing it's like those old el paso taco commercials where there's the little hispanic girl and she says why not both porque no los dos we can have both (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about but it sounds like the perfect place to stop right (laughs) levi uh, thank you. Uh, after those tough uh, contract negotiations, I'm glad you're back. That's right. I expect a Snickers bar next time we're here. Yeah, for sure. And um, Jeremy agrees that fitness is now task dependent. Oh my god! No, 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 no. Uh, but I, I will end on this. A fair life. Hit me up, for sure. Right? Do you have, who did you want to reach out to again? What was your sponsor? Uh, whatever beef or poultry oh, yeah. or meat product wants uh, to sponsor us. Uh, yeah, uh, meat. Uh, meat people. Hit us up, right? That's right. Not We're, not a dating thing. We don't want to meet people. We want no. the meat people. M-E-A-T. Cows. Yeah, that's right. Bison. Beef. Beef. It's what's for dinner. That's right. Peace out, guys. See ya. See ya.